This is a podcast from Rover. What an absolute pleasure this is. Welcome back to New Zealand, Josh Homme, Mike Schumann. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Guys, can I just start this? I've got something that I want to address early on. Last time we spoke to you was about a month ago on uh, Zoom. And I recall. I brought up this interview, right, from years ago. Now, as you can see from this picture that I'm holding up, it's a picture of me and you. You don't look happy with me in the photo, but that's not the main point. The main point is the shirt that you're wearing, a Rush Hour 3 shirt. You proceeded to tell us a story about Rush Hour 3, which was what? I started wearing it during press so that I could just say, did, did you realize that Rush Hour 2 was filmed in Paris? And I would say with total shock and awe, even though there's a giant Eiffel Tower on the shirt. But it was, it was your way of, if I'm correct, letting people in the area that you work with know that you weren't enjoying this interview and it was time to wrap it up. No. And that's why it was your favorite shirt. <laughs> no, I now would that's like, what you're extrapolating it to. I would but. like to now, and you said it was one of your favorite shirts that was stolen, that it, was lost? It was, it was lost or well, stolen. I'd like to start this, Josh wow. Romay, with your very own brand new Rush Hour 3 shirt. That looks very brand new. The way all interviews should start with a gift for but, me. That's uh, not the only gift that I have. I have one for you as well. Oh, wow. I'm not finished. Okay. I have one for myself. And if I find myself not enjoying this interview, I'm going to bring up Rush Hour 3 and how it was filmed in Paris, at which point my people will conclude this interview. Well, yeah, that, it's, it, it, it is a good way to conclude an interview. Because it's such a Captain Obvious thing, yeah. it really feels wonderful. Who will bring it up first? Today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Russian roulette of Paris. <laughs> I first saw you guys at the Big Day Out in the early 2000s, and you sort of played twice on that same bill. Um, I've seen you here with Crooked Vultures, Josh. I've seen Queens of the Stone Age three or four times. My observation, though, from talking to you last time and from watching clips online, is that you guys really genuinely look to be enjoying it, this tour in particular. I'm really enjoying myself on this records tour it's not that i didn't enjoy myself before it's just that playing always came with a certain intensity perhaps for me it's, it's just taken years to just honestly just be yourself up there it's just a combination of factors for me where i feel at peace up there and i'm certainly enjoying it i think we've all felt that way i think it has a lot to do with also making this record and and feeling a different kind of camaraderie even though i didn't think we could get any closer than we were somehow we have and i think it's it's coming out every night when we're on stage well i was talking to you mike before josh got here and i found that quite interesting because you were saying that you guys genuinely have that great bond within a band that not all bands would be able to say like you spend all this time together on stage but then off the stage you spend the whole time together as well which is quite unique we don't really bullshit and so it's not like we have this facade of of what's happening you know i think there's so many bands that kind of it's not like you need to get along it just happens to be that we do people always find it strange that we <laughs> we vacation together too it's yeah but i i do think that the process of finding each other you know has taken a long time and it's one puzzle piece snaps into place at a time you know it's been a long process your good friend honorary bandmate Dave Grohl was just here recently with Foo Fighters. They were three great shows, right? They always put on great live shows. There's a famous quote where Dave Grohl along the lines had said, Queens of the Stone Age are the best band in the world. In fact, it's unfair when they start playing, which is a great thing to have said about you. What, Especially by Dave. What know. do you want a Queens of the Stone Age concert to be for those of us that are going to see you 
or those of us that might be thinking about, oh, should I go see Queens? Well, for me, it has to be the only one like this tonight. And so I think the risk is what's most important. It has to risk. You know, I mean, risk nothing, get nothing. You know, we come from so far away. You can't just do the same thing and say the same thing. It'd be like some job type job. It cannot be like that. So I think we've had shows that are kind of a complete train wreck, but somehow I, I, I love that too, you know? I mean, Mike, Mike and I painstakingly go through the sets. The set list I was talking to Mike have been unreal. Like as a Queens of Stone Age fan, been looking through the Australian set list, like dream stuff. Like for me personally, like the collections from the different songs from the albums that I haven't heard you play before, like I say to you, Mike, I appear missing that you played the other night. Like I, f I love that song, never heard it live before or finishing with songs for the deaf, like they're ripping set lists. I think now with eight records um, to choose from, it becomes harder and harder. And we love all those songs. You know, a lot of bands just go out and play, you know, the hits or the songs that people want to hear. But for us, it's like when we're playing every night, it's like we want to make sure that we're enjoying ourselves as well. Because we have that volume of tunes, it's like uh, we can just take the set list, crumple it up and turn it over to the audience for a while. And so now the audience is prone to making signs and stuff to lobby for their, yeah, you know, yeah. and they're lobbying for deep cuts nine yeah. times out of 10. And they're lobbying for songs that maybe 70% of the audience is like, I'm sorry, which one's that? Yeah. You know, hopefully Dave's compliment really is saying, you never doubt what we're, you don't question whether it's real. You can be like, I don't like this. And, and that's totally fine. It's okay not to, to like, whatever that is and we're in that category but you can't doubt what we're bringing you know because because we f***ing mean it you know there's not a lot of things that fall into the rock and roll bin that are actually still out there yeah and i don't really particularly care about that fact but i think we're definitely still out there because of that reality you know part of the risk that you bring up too it's like when someone holds up a sign and says play the song and we, we do it it's like oh shit we haven't played this song in you know six months six Some, years sometimes six years sometimes and like more. is this gonna be a train wreck or are we gonna pull it off and that's <laughs> part of it for us too yeah. so your guys album villains i thought we could play a quick game of famous new zealanders and i just want you to tell me whether you think that they are a villain or a good guy okay just based on what they look like People listening or watching will know who these New Zealanders are. You're doing it based purely on I cannot on wait looks. to judge these people only simply by the photograph you chose. <laughs> only one is, is non-subjective. Like, only one is you can be right or wrong. First person that I'm showing is David Bain. Uh, he clearly looks like a serial killer. Yeah, or, 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 or is he the guy that created... <laughs> I mean, you, you know that you brought him because of this mom sweater with a look that, that appears to be from court, where it's like 1,600 sheep were f this morning by, what's his name, David Blaine? Bain. <laughs> Plus his name's Bain. This is such a setup. He's probably the guy that started the children's hospital here. No, no. I'm, I'm going to give you a correct. No, I wasn't done. You... Started children's hospital here to murder as many children as he could. <laughs> Stop interrupting. You're correct. Is that you? Oh, this, he is no, a that's not me. Um, Roger Farrelly okay. is the second person. Come on, Mike. Right. This Please, is a politician man. looking for like a makeover. In fact, why is he actually doing that? <laughs> Who the, who's this politician? This is Roger Farrelly. He is um, the co-host on our radio show. Ah, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that, so now I get it. He's doing like a boy band joke pose on the beach. Correct. Right. Okay. Third New Zealander, villain or good guy, Winston Peters. I don't like the way he's looking at me. I'm going to go with villains. <laughs> Frankly, I don't like the way he's looking at Mike either. And you know what's weird is that, you know, this is such a setup for us to lose. I, I think it's uh, really... Thank you for I doing this. I honestly think you can only win. Hold I'm on, I just got to put this <laughs> no, on. No, He's reaching for the Russia three shirt. Were no. You, were you aware that this man was born in Paris on the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> no, no. It's happening. Don't it's those a, cranes over there resemble like the, Eiffel the Tower? awful tower? No. This guy is a politician. Winston yeah, Peters. I, long, I mean, long-serving politician. Very he, polarizing in this country. Th- that guy definitely went to law school because it's written all over his he face. Did? This is my advice to everyone um let your cheeks go loose so the stick will drop out <laughs> you know we're we're we Rush like to hour. go to pee but that guy needs to take a poo <laughs> which i think is you know an indigenous word yeah. for get f-ed, mate <laughs> a quick villain or not what did you make of this new zealander this was um brian tamaki tamaki oh, oh little tummy he, he you know he seems okay he's the villain is he What's he? What's his villain? He owns. Uh, he runs like one of those churches that takes all the money from the vulnerable and flies first class everywhere around the world. And he's that well, guy. You know. Yeah. He was the villain. I know he's he's rather underdressed. Yeah. I don't trust any Gonzo type characters. <laughs> this is. I'm now holding up a picture of Thingy, a famous Thingy television pansexual uh, spokes thing. <laughs> what a successful round of villain or good guy. Question. We just said villains no matter what. <laughs> I tried to be nice to the one guy, but of course, you yeah. know, he's like, God wants me to travel <laughs> like this so everyone can begin to eat a dick in his name. Let's get started on this jet. These are questions from the listener of the radio station. They're all in bands, okay? So you guys are well-versed to answer these three questions. Hi, I'm a singer in our band, but the others don't think I have the chops and can't sing very well, but it's my f***ing band. What should I do? That is from Rog and Oriwa. You know, I believe heavily in firing yourself first. <laughs> I, I, I really, I always have. Uh, sometimes the bad tooth in any mouth is you, you know? Great quote. Be great on a t-shirt. Like the Rush Hour 3 one. Hi guys. I have a bit of a problem with falling for drummers in bands. Well, in fact, anyone in bands. And it never seems to go well for me. What should I do? That is from Mel in West Auckland. You know, uh, does it have an age or likeness on the photo? It does not. Then I'm hesitant to say I'm a drummer. Maybe we should get together and talk about it. (laughs) My number is 555-72024-1, postal code ZXRT. Uh, Last question from the listener. Um, Hi, I don't want to be in the band anymore. The others are holding me back. I have the voice of an angel. What should be my next step? That's from Mel's in Hearn Bay. This is your next step, a step toward Jesus. If you have, excuse me, hi, my name is Joshua Hami from the band Queens of the Stone Age. Do you have a voice like an angel? This man would love your help. He wants to get the word out about the big guy upstairs. A lot of our listeners are proud dads. You're a proud dad, I'm a proud dad. Do you have any parental advice, Josh, for new young parents, new young dads? Okay, what would you do yes, I actually advice? do have... <laughs> I have, I have advice for any freshly minted dad. When your wife is breastfeeding, just go grab a pillow and put it under her arm and give her a glass of water without her asking, and she won't leave you. 
she'll still resent you because her body's been hijacked and you're just walking around doing the same shit. How dare you? And that's something that she has to go through and you're not even paying attention to that, which makes you kind of a in a way. But when you... <laughs> when you, when you uh, and remember the, the age-old secret about being a, a good parent creating a, a space consistent enough for someone to fail and feel comfortable enough to get up and try again. Great advice. This has been Parenting with Josh. <laughs> I only have two questions left. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> really? After some fucking gold like that? <laughs> that was good. That was a really nice way I to think end. This, I think this has gone from radio to free to go. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Did you know Rush Hour 3? I'm not going to waste any more of your time. I really appreciate the fact that you guys had a great chat with us. I am a massive Thanks, Stone Age fan. and I've I've had a great really chat with excited. you every time we've had a chat, so good on you. <laughs>